Hello and you are very welcome to Dan and Dara on Dublin South FM. I am Dara McNicholas. And I'm Dan Airy. Thanks Dan. again to Mike Personal who's given us the last hour with Mike at the Mike. Dan and Money Melted here. I am only solid a puddle. Likewise, likewise. Yeah, it's all hot today. It's no fun. Um, it's, just, it's, it's just ridiculous. 33 degrees uh, recorded in... Phoenix Park earlier on. In my underpants, Dan. <laughs> That's where it's 33 degrees now, I can tell you. And it's just no fun whatsoever. Um, yeah, no, you know, I was thinking it was like when when we get some rain and we've had some... Wednesday. <laughs> there you go. We've had some uh, intermittent rain during the course of the day. But uh, sure, like when we start getting more consistent rain, we'll be like, oh, can we not get the weather back again? It's yeah, like- it's the rain. The rain's <laughs> awful. Oh my God. The rain is terrible. It's absolutely ridiculous. But it's fine. You know, it just if we didn't moan about the weather, then we'd nothing to talk about. I think that's only fair. Fair point. Yeah, fair point. So, Dan, loads going on tonight now. We're going to be talking about Willies later on, um, funnily enough, because uh, I can't say the, the M word. I can't say Mickey. So, we'll be talking about Willies later on. Um, so, we have music uh, from Jason Dorito, mm-hmm. uh, the Pogues, the Schmitz. Um, Neve Dunphy's going to bring us a new track uh, from LEPK. Um, we're going to be having a chat with her uh, about gigability. Yep. And uh, maybe a bit of musical first, then sport. Absolutely, um, Ireland winning a series in New Zealand for the first time. Yeah, unless you were like me and living under a rock and didn't actually see it, uh, it's a great event. Absolutely. <clears throat> oh, I, I'll tell you, I was watching it uh, live on Saturday morning, and my nerves, dear lord. It was uh, quite the quite the spectacle. Yeah, um, it is huge, though. Absolutely, huge. you know, regardless of what you know, you know, Zena might be saying, "Well, it's the worst team ever that we've ever put out, and gods are terrible." And yeah, I mean, they're they're, they're looking for heads in New Zealand. Yeah, absolutely. It'd be interesting to see um, what happens with their head coach going forward yeah Ian Foster um, to see how long they give him because they've usually been quite brutal brutal merciless yeah yeah. no I think that's Uh, probably the the, the best way of putting it really to be honest but it was interesting I I was looking at some headlines that the Irish media were were coming out with um, from New Zealand media and New Zealand media are apparently saying that Ireland are now what New Zealand used to be. They're playing the 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 rugby that New Zealand used to. Well, it's not going to sit well with us, is it? <laughs> we don't like being we don't like being favourites. We don't like being the winners. We don't like being. Yeah, no. Interesting enough, though. I I, I was um, trying to that earlier on, and it, and it was almost like as a fan these days, you almost expect Ireland to win. And I don't think that's that's the place that Irish rugby has ever been in before. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, I kind of dis- I disagree with you to a certain extent. I don't expect them to win now. I think there was four, five, six years ago where there was a bigger expectation. Maybe even kind of going into the World Cup, maybe. I know, even maybe even ten years ago. Ten years ago, so 
kind of 2011, 2012. Yeah, yeah. there was a kind of an almost a, what do you mean they didn't win? <laughs> yeah. Uh, about it. Now I think it's just, well, for me anyway, I think it, now it just feels more, um, it almost feels better when they do win. Mm. Yeah. Because it's not like they're they're littered with, well, okay, they are kind of littered with superstars to some extent. But it's not, you know what I mean? It's not like you're kind of going, oh, it's the All Blacks, yeah. <laughs> They're just brilliant, you know. <laughs> you know, everywhere across the pitch. Yeah. You know, it's still little old Ireland here punching, <laughs> you know, way above its weight and stuff like that. I don't know what we're going to do, it, though, when Johnny goes. It still does feel like that, though, which is, I suppose, nice um, for the mentality of the group and I suppose for for us as well is that, like, we we do... We've always been the kind of underdogs, and I think there's that mentality, I reckon, within the squad, is that they still feel that way. Um, yeah, yeah, I'd say so. I mean, they're not exactly all household names at the moment from an Irish point of view either. Bar Mr. Texton. Yeah, well, what happens yeah. when Johnny goes? Exactly, yeah. We're screwed. Exactly. It's going to be interesting to see... Um, the other international come November we've got South Africa Fiji and Australia yeah um, to see how we work the squad in terms of you know because it's not exactly they're not they're friendlies but there's no there's no, there's no such thing as a friendly no, not at all no no uh, I would totally agree, disagree with the, the fact that it, yeah you would even consider it a friendly I think and then it's one of those things when it comes to the Six Nations next year as well is that like historically the Six Nations hasn't really been kind of uh, a breeding ground for for new players and and so like that so it would be very I'm very intrigued as an Irish rugby fan going forward yeah who's going to um, replace Johnny indeed Uh and actually, speaking of um, autumn internationals and so on, um, we mentioned there that we had Australia in November. They haven't exactly had the best summer. No, they haven't really. Uh, they lost their series against England. Yeah. They won. You know, just... Sorry uh, about that. So they'll be coming to Dublin with, with a point of proof. Yeah, they will. Um, I think... You know, maybe COVID has a, a lot to play with, all, with pretty much everything anyway. Yeah. With squads and training and sickness levels and people not recovering and all of that good stuff. I don't think we've, we haven't seen the end of a jet either. I don't think. Not. No. Sadly. Absolutely not. Um, yeah, it's going to be intriguing for sure. Yeah, and the, the feckin' golf was on as well then. It was. Uh, it was. It was the 150th Open. Uh, at St Andrews, the home of golf, um, and Rory McIlroy had a chance. So I yeah, was, he was steaming. He was barreling in there. He was. I'm having a bit of this. Exactly. Yeah. So I was getting very excited come Saturday evening, Sunday morning, um, and he played very well. Uh, just didn't play as well as Cameron Smith uh, from. Australia, who won by one shot over American Cameron Young and McElroy was in third on 18-under. He still made a few bob, didn't he? He did, yeah. Thankfully, he's not. In fact, he's he's on the player committee for uh, 
the PGA Tour, so he's not moving anywhere in terms of live golf or anything like that. Yeah, I don't think that's finished yet either. Live? Yeah. No, yeah. well, people leaving and, and... Oh, no, absolutely not. Sure. We, I, I just found out news uh, today that um, Henrik Stenson, who is the European Ryder Cup captain, this is the mm-hmm. tournament that goes on between Europe and the United States yeah. by, by yearly? So, where's that? Yeah, I think um, you would, yeah. yeah. Um, he is expected to be announced as a live golf player in, as early as this week or next week. Uh, so He's gone from the Ryder Cup then. Yeah. So they're going to have to... Um, I think that was a bit sneaky by Liv. I I mean, I was just listening to, to reports on it today and they were saying it's a massive coup for Greg Norman and it's a massive blow then on the other side mm. for uh, the European Tour and European golf in general. That, yeah, I mean, I suppose listening to how Stenson was kind of viewed within uh, the European Tour as a player, you know, staff and things like that, players loved him, fans loved him. Uh, so, yeah, it's, I am quite surprised about that one myself. Yeah, and uh, the other and her final was on, Dan. It did. It was. It did. It did? was. Yeah. It did. It did. <laughs> <laughs> it was. Yeah. Yeah. Great win by Limerick again. Three in a row. Um, beating Kilkenny. Uh, any, anyone who beats Kilkenny is good enough for me. I don't mind. <laughs> um, you know, just Limerick are just a machine at the moment. They're just absolutely incredible. But they, they'd be having a massive homecoming this evening. Yeah, they're at it down there now in Limerick, and I, I presume uh, you know the Cranberries are going to be. Played out down there all day long and all evening long and all night long. Absolutely. You know, zombie all over the place. But <laughs> I think, uh, you know, when people talk about sport and sports, you know, hurling is still an amateur sport. Yeah. You know, and there's 30 lads out there, uh, you know, in 26, 27, 28 degrees in the middle of Crow Park on Sunday. Yeah. Giving it absolutely everything. It's astonishing. It's... It's mad to think of it, is it? Because... I mean, I, I'll openly admit that I, I don't watch GM very often, but when I do watch it, there is an incredible amount of skill involved. Oh, yeah. No, it is. It's, it's a savage sport. It's and Football's it, okay, like, but Harlan is just incredible. And to think that, like, that's all, you know, essentially on your spare time yeah. type thing. Yeah. I mean, now, it's, I mean, my young fella, obviously, he plays, he plays guy as well and stuff like that. Like, but now he's playing a little bit older. You know, and you'd be going to matches and stuff like that, and you're seeing lads pulling up in vans and cars, you know, in work gear. Mm. Just getting out of, get, you know, going in and getting changed, going out and playing a game of hurling. You know, it's just... Only in Ireland. <laughs> well, only in Ireland, thanks be to God, yeah, because uh, where else would you be, you know? Just a fantastic little country. Dan, still coming up, we have uh, the ILMI webinar. Uh, let's talk about sex and everything you wanted to know, but we're afraid to ask. Yep. We're going to be having a chat with Neve Dunphy and the Gigability, where she's going to be uh, bringing us up to date on Orla Gartland at the Academy. Mm-hmm. Uh, she went to the Van Gogh or the Van Gogh exhibition in the RDS. It all depends on where you are. And she's going to be giving her, us her track of the week as well. But up first, Dan, we have music. Indeed, we have. There you are, Jason Howard Hings. Uh, very good. Nice little short and sweet track there. I actually love that. You Dan, you're, you're obviously, uh, you know, mad for the old summer. Indeed. 
I was thinking stone energy might as well reflect that in the songs. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. A um, little bit of summer, summer vibes. Summer vibes, yeah. Still coming up though, Dan. We're going to have that little chat about the Iron Man. You know, I know I was taking the Michael earlier on, but I did say <laughs> Michael. Um, you know, I, I'm actually looking forward to that chat because we were just having a little chat about there earlier on. Yeah. Um, you know, and all the the wouldn't say the complications of it all, but intricacies know. maybe. Yeah, intri- mm. I think intri- intricacies is a good word, Dan. Um, because. I think it's interesting that you you do say complications, but I I suppose it, it's it's made complicated in in some ways by I suppose and it's something that we we'll, we'll get into a little bit later on. But in terms of like lack of education and and kind of understanding and and a willingness to have uh, more of those types of conversations around it. This is Dublin South FM with Dan and Dara. I am Dara McNicholas. And I am Dan Airy. Neve Dunphy, are you there? Yes, I am. Wonderful. Well, holy God, McMahon. There we go. Right. Uh, we do have Neve Dunphy, so we are going to get on with gigability. Uh, yeah, Neve, I think it's something, I don't know what it is. Listen, I'm going to be talking to a grown-up during the week to see if we can't sort this out, because if, this just, if I can't make this work, it's just, there's just, I will just cry myself to sleep again. I was like, I thought I did something wrong again. No, we're not going to blame you, Neve. I think that'd be rather cruel and unusual just to blame you, but it probably is your Actually, yeah, Dan's not me here. said it is your fault. Sorry. Uh, you know. He's making, he's making a phantom nonsense, Neve. Yeah. Uh, yeah, pretty much, actually, yeah. So, Neve, tell us, what's going on? So, I went to see Orla Gartland on Saturday. They were absolutely fantastic. Tell us more. I'm intrigued. So, also... Dan, fun fact for you. I went to see Orly Garden in the Academy, which is where we met seven years ago. It was. Very Never. small. Very small world. Very, very small gig. Very, very, very small gig. I asked the guy to help us in the lift and he said it was like 900 people or something. So it was very small. But for nice. a wheelchair, for a wheelchair, it's very interesting to put up on where the balcony is. So where we were, was actually behind, like, so we were technically behind the stage, but up on the balcony. So we were looking at her from behind rather than facing her, but it was quite, quite interesting because when we were bouncing around the stage, you could see her like everywhere. That's interesting, yeah, because I, I did have a look at your uh, Instagram stories uh, during the course of the week, and you did uh, share some videos at Neve Dunphy One for anyone who's in hers. Um, and yeah, I I was curious at the fact that it was, as you said, that it was behind her. Very very strange. <laughs> I think to be honest, uh, so when we were go- so again, interestingly, when we were going up, the first lift that we went there, we got stuck in for five minutes. As you do. So then they had to lower us down with a key, which you use like uh, like uh. I think it must have been like a service lift or something. So where we where we ended up was where the was where like the service lift exit would be. But it actually ends up being a really really good view. Oh, okay. Well, that, that's positive. So yeah, never a dull moment, Mazer. Well, that would be rather accurate, I must say. 
So sorry, that's just a little bit there for the girl in the background. I, I don't know her actually, to be honest. I didn't, I didn't think you, I didn't think you would because it's only starting to go mainstream in Ireland like now. But, but I've watched her do like YouTube covers and stuff for years. So this was one that I was really, 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 really hyper for. Right. And was it one of those that lived up to your expectations? Oh, 100%. See, one of my favourite gigs like, that I've ever, ever went to. Daily? I've been to a lot of concerts. And isn't there something about... There is just that little extra something about an intimate gig. Oh, yeah, 100%. Like, it's, it's one of those ones where she actually said that she the first gig she ever played in the academy was the little tiny room that had like 250 people in it. Right. And she progressed down to the middle one. So to have the so to have the big one sold out for her was like massive really could you see that she was so genuinely elated to be there. Awesome. That's something that followed her career for like years. But that's like a real kind of pride in my heart about it. Interestingly, interestingly as well, Dan, I don't know whether you remember this or not, but the Academy don't actually sell wheelchair accessible tickets. They just do general admission because the whole venue itself is actually accessible. Aha! You know that? Interesting. I, I'm i not sure I was I was aware of that one actually, but actually now that I do think of it, I do remember seeing that on, on the tickets for the for the gig that we got, we did go to, yeah. So, it that does make a lot of sense. Cause I I said it to the guy in the lift when we when we were actually stuck in the lift. I was like, "How come you still like general admission tickets for wheelchair for wheelchairs and it's not a specific one like the way it normally is for everywhere else?" Yeah. And he and he said that because the whole um venue was accessible anyway, so they don't need to. So what you're saying then is like there's no special treatment for people with disabilities in wheelchairs. No. You got a queue like everybody else for a ticket. Well, no, we still, I still skipped the queue, but that's like... The <laughs> no, 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 I mean to get a ticket when the tickets come out, like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. <laughs> Good. Just, just, I want some ableist bias in there now, yeah. Good, I'm, I'm delighted, yeah. <laughs> Bleeding people in wheelchairs, jumping queues and getting tickets early and all that sort of crack. Fair play to the Academy. But there is also, the other side of that is there is an element of inclusion in that exactly that's what i mean that's why i thought it was interesting because obviously we normally always have to get like accessibility specific tickets and we using the correct phrasing yeah this but this is quite refreshing that like, get normal tickets and i think it was only 20 quid a ticket as well so nice like, a, a fantastic gig for 40 euro i must say nice okay so if we go from one form of art to another uh, the more conventional paint. Uh, you had a trip to the Van Gogh exhibition at the RDS. Yeah, this was very, this was very, very interesting because we kind of just went for a laugh. I'm not an overly artsy person, but it was actually very good. So we didn't really know what we didn't really know what to expect. So we kind of thought that it was going to be like you go around the room and like watch a lot of different visual effects on the wall but it's not what it is actually is it's it was like four like it was four screens so like one on each wall and it was all like these different kind of visual stuff visual stories of like van gogh's different paintings and stuff 
Interesting. Yeah, it was it was very it was a very very cool experience. Also, Carl took that um that blue that bluey kind of photo. That's my facial profile picture. What like while one of the exhibitions were going on, that's where that's what where the blue light came from. Because it, it was that like, all these exhibitions were like covering all the walls. Do you get me? Yeah. So it meant one of these you were in all these paintings. It was really good. And they had and they had a mirror room where it was like a room just full of mirrors and the light the lights kind of flickered for a couple of seconds. It was really cool. So then you did like a whole three D effects thing. All right, not great for an epileptic, I suppose. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. You're epileptic. I wouldn't recommend. But we had a lot of fun. But we expected it to be longer than it was. It was only it was only around an hour. So I think that that, that is it. I think that it is. Yeah, it's like hour slots and stuff like that. And you're you're kind of in and out. You can't be sitting there all day, stoned out your head, looking at the lovely kind of colours <laughs> flashing around the walls. They basically encouraged you to kind of like do like do what you want and take pictures at your at your leisure. And they had cushions for people to like sit on the floor and stuff like that as well. Yeah, we, Seth and I were just discussing that we're kind of going to, it, it's a very Instagram ready sort of uh, event. Mm -hmm. that, was, that was exactly, um, that was exactly what we were thinking when we went as well. Yeah, good visuals, nice pictures, everyone looking good, dark lights. Yeah, a bit like a nightclub really. <laughs> exactly. You know, without the music and no drink. Was there any music? Very sli very slightly to kind of set the tone of different mm. images and stuff. Atmospheric uh, music. Yeah. So, Neve, next week uh, we're going to have our third uh, attempt at gigability, and yes. hopefully we're going to have some of the crew um, with us. Um, I think it will be an attempt at fate again <clears> because he um, went to three gigs this weekend in London. Brilliant. I had some very interesting experiences. Oh, and also, as of yesterday, I'm going to see Gavin James's album launch on Friday. So we'll be talking about that too. Ooh. Where's that on now? Uh, Wheelands. So right. it'll be like Ed Sheeran when I'm on top of the stage again. Okay, yeah. So if you get a chance to have a chat with him, just say, listen, uh, two's a favourite pal. Will you kind of change your lyrics a little bit? You're getting a bit stale. Oh, Darren is What? Mm. Come on, they're all pretty much the same. Where's that coming from? It's an opinion. I'm entitled to it. Yeah, I know, fair enough. You know, they're all just very, eh, kind of samey sort of type things, you know. He's like a lad with a broken heart who's just kind of, just trying to reach that, uh, I can't quite explain it, kind of thing, and he just keeps trying. I'm <laughs> kind of outnumbered here because me and Dan do enjoy Gavin James. Well, I'm not saying I don't enjoy him. You know, I'm just kind of more, get over it. Let's move on. No, alright, don't appreciate emotions and that's one. Yeah, no, that's yeah. fine. I do appreciate them, but just in the right place and not repeat it. <coughs> Fair enough. You know, worst counsellor ever. Get over <laughs> your, get over yourself, will ya? Neve, I believe you have some uh, music for us. I do. This is a very interesting song that I found on TikTok. So it's by a girl called LPK and she's from West Sussex in England. I found her as a BBC introducing track of the week last month. I also sat down with her for a recent episode of In the Industry that'll be out hopefully later this month sometime. And this is from her debut EP called Downpour at the... Does it show indeed. Uh, sorry, a little uh, clarification to make as well. 
we had just had a text in. Uh, just want just need to um, sort of update something. Uh, it is the uh, <coughs> sorry, it's the GP <laughs> tour now, not the European tour. Uh, that was the previous tour, so that's just yeah. you know somebody GP just World tour, yeah. yeah yeah just somebody correcting Dan, <laughs> and that's fine. And thanks very much, and we uh, do appreciate your call. Thank you. <laughs> Dan, now we're going to talk about the ILMI. That's the Independent Living Movement Ireland. Yeah. And uh, their very recent um, webinar, which you attended, mm-hmm. uh, which was entitled, Everything You Wanted to Know But Were Afraid to Ask. And that's about sex. Indeed. Uh, so it was, actually, I actually thoroughly enjoyed it. I found it very informative. Uh, it was a panel discussion essentially about how um, we incorporate uh, those with disabilities into uh, conversations around sex and sexuality and intimacy and relationships and stuff like that. Um, which I think I, I, I've spoken to you at, at various points in saying that, that it, it needs to be talked about more. I mean, we had uh, we had our chat with uh, the lovely Grace Alice O'Shea a while back. Yeah, that was super. Around it. Um, just to kind of open up the conversations more, really. And, you know, there, there were some suggestions that came out that were that were incredibly simple, but yet brought the kind of inclusivity level, access level way up. Um, whether that be like pregnancy tests being voice activated for people with hearing impairments so that they can actually find out whether they're pregnant or not. You know? No, uh, not for people with hearing impairments. For the visually impaired. For the visually impaired, yeah. Apologies. Yeah, yes. no, that's fine. That's <laughs> a, you're, you're on a roll tonight, Dan. Third one now is going to be a doozy. I know it is. <laughs> yeah, no, but I, actually, when you... Because you, I was reading the notes here, and, and that is, you're kind of going, yeah. You know, mm. just... You know, simple things, uh, very simple things. But you know, is there is there is there enough of a want or a need uh, to kind of push that to make it happen? Well, yeah, because there are people with disabilities that you know want to have intimate relations. Oh no, no, I, I get that bit. But um, what I'm saying is, there, are there enough people that will require it to? Uh, make it kind of financially viable for a company to do it. What I would say to that is, it's just like an addition to a product that is already there. No. Yeah. What is that though? Like your pregnancy. No, I don't get your pregnancy test, but we're, we're, we're you're talking about people who are visually impaired. Yeah. And deal, and, and taking a pregnancy test. Mm-hmm. So there's going to have to be either an addition, additional piece of kit. Yeah. Which tells them what the result is. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So somebody's going to have to make that. So that's going to cost money. And then it's going to be, is there going to be enough of a will to kind of make that product? But you see, does that not come around then to the attitude towards people with disabilities and and? Sex and sexuality in that saying that. Well, yeah, no, it does, Dan, but it just comes down to money as well. Yeah. You know, quite simply, I mean, if it's not if it's not economically viable, no one's going to do it. Mm. No matter how 
you know, I mean, we all see, you know, Gay Pride, we've just been through it, you know what I mean? And, and companies going out there and going, yay, you know what I mean? Changing their flag, changing their their logos on Facebook and stuff like that to the Gay Pride flag and all of that good stuff, you know what I mean? But, you know, what, what's the reality behind that? Like, they've got one gay member of staff, you know, and... Yeah, that that started. I know it's completely. I'm wandering off the point here now. And there's absolutely no need for. <laughs> there's loads to be doing. But yeah, it it it's an important thing. But is anybody going to make it? it well, I think that that is the point in and of itself. Though that I think enough enough conversation around it needs to happen. That kind of go. Okay, people are talking about this. We need to act on it. Yeah, um, we need to house all of the Ukrainian refugees. We need to sort out our own homeless situation. You know, we have a housing crisis ourselves. We've nowhere to put students. Um, yeah, you know, there's a long list of there's a long, long there list of long stuff. List. Yeah, we can't get anything right then. I I can see that for sure. Yeah, no, I I agree with you. It's it's our system is a bit of a shambles. It is. It's shocking. It's, it's, it's terrible. But I think it's, like you said, it's great this conversation is happening. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's, um, you know, one of the, one of the many points that the panelists were making is that it kind of, it, it does come down to, you know, it, it's a mix between education at a kind of, at a younger age and in, incorporating people with disabilities into those conversations as if, not as if, but so that it is natural. So that they're not kind of othered in that kind of, yeah. in that conversation. And then also media representation as well. Yeah. Because um, I know media representation around sex is it's kind of always represented in a particular way and then it's very rarely represented in a way, for those with disabilities, that is positive. Um, I know that I had submitted an application to the Arson Disability Council to research a documentary on kind of disability dating relationships and, and intimacy and kind of things because I have questions going back years about this. And I was kind of Which going, is Dan, don't ask me now. I tell you, I swear to God, don't even <laughs> don't even think about it. You say, don't worry. But I couldn't talk to myself that like I can't be the only one going through that, you know? Yeah. And I I kind of I I realized as I was kind of doing it that it, it has made me more curious about disability and sexuality and kind of talking about it on a more regular basis because and I think this is a general thing as well. It it still is quite taboo. Um, and then if you if you bring that into the disability community as well, it's almost seen as like inappropriate, maybe. Well, yeah, I know, but um, there's uh, I don't know whoever the minister for education is uh, out this afternoon. Norma Foley. Yeah. Norma Foley. Thanks very much. Um, talking about reforming the yeah. junior cert curriculum and bringing in mm-hmm. uh, a, another raft of sex education stuff and porn. Mm. Uh, um, you know, so the story is changing, but, you know, you'd wonder in the middle of that then somewhere, is there 
some part of that or that could be or should be yeah it's interesting actually that you do mention that because I'd be curious to see how much of that integrates disability yeah um because I know that like consent <coughs> Norm if you're listening ring in will you because <laughs> I know that um consent was mentioned in in that new um format if you yeah want to call it. Uh, and that was something that, like, when when I was in school, it was very much like social education was about how you physically, like, make a baby, for example. That was kind of essentially it. Yeah. And a little bit besides, but you, like, I definitely felt that I was kind of asking questions, and I'm sure. I'm sure this is something that I, I mentioned to Grace Alice at the time that we were doing the podcast as well. I was asking questions that I didn't even know were, like, were they the right questions? You know? So it's... it's um, yeah, I suppose on the other hand, though, Dan, I suppose the person you're asking the questions of as well, are they equipped to exactly deal with yeah. the, the sort of situation, which kind of brings up the other bit as well, where um, you're saying about carers and homes being trained... Um, yeah, that was something that was that was mentioned. Yeah, in, in relation to sex and intimacy. Yeah. Go ahead. Let's trash this one out. <laughs> yeah, no, it was just something that was mentioned as well. I, I suppose in terms of like, if, if somebody in that environment like wanted to buy an aid, like for example, like. We're talking sex toys here, Dan. It's okay sex to talk to- about yeah, it. Yeah, sex toys. If somebody wanted to buy that, like... Mad rampant rabbit or something. <laughs> say, like, that the, the care would be in a position to be able to do that for that person and kind of, like, have those kinds of conversations with them and it kind of not be... Now, I, I do understand there's the whole boundary things and all that yeah it's a mad one Dan it is like I, I'm just sitting here and I'm kind of going oh I ooh, I just want to talk can I, can I say that all these things are going through my head right now yeah, just yeah, yeah, going yeah. oh my god exactly but I suppose that's the point where <clears throat> if there is like a training um, regime if you want to call it that put in place so that like these kind of topics aren't seen as inappropriate like that it's just because that that's that is one word that I I heard during the during the webinar that it was almost seen as inappropriate to be having those conversations in those settings which is every person of course it is this is Ireland that for God's sake yeah. you know it's still predominantly Catholic and, and yeah, we're mad exactly. for God's sake do you know what I mean not that long ago we had you behind walls <laughs> you know, locked up in, in little asylums and stuff like that, and and the home for whatever it was that mad children out in Lucan that we discussed. Yeah, um, for context, you can listen to um, disability a new history. We covered that on uh, one of our podcasts, uh, a number of our podcasts. Actually. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean that was that was a good chat. But that but yeah. that's the point. That's what you're dealing with people as well, which is the other end of it. I mean, you know, the carer themselves has to be kind of comfortable with it to some degree. Yeah. No, absolutely. You know, absolutely. and it's it's hard to be, you know, uh section four, <laughs> paragraph two, point number seven. If well, your client requests a vibrator 
this is what you should do. You know. Um. Exactly. But I, I suppose an element of that is if they went into the job knowing that that, that could possibly be a part of it. Yeah. Would that... I'm kind of thinking, would that... Well, I mean, they're human. They're human beings, you know. I mean, exactly. you have to have the imagination that like everyone has needs and and that exactly. sort of. I know, exactly. and, and that's and, and that, that is the whole point here, isn't it? It's exactly. kind of you know not to be looking at the poor person in the wheelchair going, "Geez, you can't give them that." It's like, oh, good lord, knock their teeth out. Just because we have like uh, a disability doesn't mean we don't want to, or doesn't mean that we are not sexually active like yeah you know like everybody else though. like everybody else exactly yeah. I don't know what was that one doing it like rabbits or what was that song? <laughs> I can't remember yeah, I, yeah you it, know what I'm thinking about it was about. a rabbit, rabbit analogy yeah yeah absolutely yeah um, you know and, uh, but yeah that's <sighs> I suppose you know you're preaching to converted here I suppose to some degree yeah, yeah. Uh, and I know I'm just kind of going yeah but what about there are lots of what abouts yeah and you know, we did have a little chat about it earlier, and my my first kind of thing was, oh, you can't be doing that because you know what about that case up in Donegal where your mum was going around, uh, you know, sexually assaulting people effectively, exactly, exactly, and nothing happened, and now everyone's in trouble, and they could have done something and it didn't, and then you know the next inquest is going to be, who gave that person the sex toy? <laughs> yeah, you know, well, yeah. I thought it was a good idea at the time. Yeah. Did you know? <laughs> you know. Um, <laughs> Yeah, no, and and I I agree with you to that extent in that, but I think there's that part of it as well is that we need to dig into the what about and figure out the the solutions. There's almost like a uh, an element of maybe shying away from it a little bit because it is a what about. Oh yeah, no, it's easier not to talk about that. I mean, that's just sex in general. It's easier not to talk about. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, but sure anyway. Listen, Dan, this has been fun. Do you know what I mean? And, and because of all of the the sort of the Zoom nonsense earlier on, so we've, you know, I'm not going to play the pokes. I'll keep that for next week. That was going to be sunny, sunny side of the street, and that's going to be wonderful. But we will be playing out with the Smiths in a couple of minutes, mm-hmm. and there is a light that will never go out. But uh, this has been fun. It has. I really have enjoyed it tonight, actually, yeah. And I mean, this is a subject I have a funny feeling we will come back to time and time again. Yeah. No, it's definitely something like as I said with 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 the research and stuff like that. It is something that I'm personally trying to talk about on a more kind of regular basis. Super Dan, where can people find us? Uh, you can find us at Dan and Dara Doability on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and on all podcast platforms. 